Hello, world. I'm Roger Corville, and this is For the Hope's Daily Audio Bible, where we read through the scriptures conversationally, talk about the truth claims of Christianity, and learn to fall more in love with Jesus and the people in his world. You ready? Let's roll. Welcome. It wasn't that long ago on this podcast that we read the story of King Hezekiah, who, among other accomplishments, redirected the Gihon Spring by tunneling west under the city of Jerusalem. And at the time, it was the only source of spring water in the city and thus had religious ceremonial value. It was the source of water in the tabernacles ceremony that we read about at the end of John chapter 7. And that was one of Israel's three great annual festivals that we also hear of called the Feast of Tabernacles. And it was celebrated at the time of agricultural harvest. Now, this little factoid is useful to keep in mind because if Jesus is the source of tabernacles water, what you're going to hear today is about a man experiencing this tabernacles water in a rather profound way. Hey, Hopeful, welcome to episode 1975 of our journey together through the Bible and glad you've chosen on this Monday or whenever you're listening not to be alone, but coming together to read through every word of God's revelation of himself and particularly as we are challenged by a story of faith challenging fate and physical blindness contrasted with spiritual blindness. Personally, I also just love that this story includes some of the best irony in the whole Bible. John chapter 9. As he was passing by, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, Jesus answered. This came about so that God's works might be displayed in him. We must do the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. After he'd said these things, he spit on the ground, made some mud from the saliva, and spread the mud on in the man's eyes. Go, he told him, wash in the pool of Siloam, parentheses, which means sent. And I'm just going to pause and say, that pool of Siloam was part of that springs of Gion that we were just talking about. So he goes and tells the guy, go, wash in the pool of Siloam. So he left, washed, and came back seeing. His neighbors and those who had seen him before as a beggar said, isn't this the one who used to sit begging? And some said, yeah, he's the one. Others were saying, no, but he looks like him. He kept saying, I'm the one. So they asked him, then how were your eyes opened? The man answered, The man called Jesus, made mud, spread it on my eyes, and told me, go to Siloam and wash. So when I went and I washed, I received my sight. Where is this guy? They asked. I don't know, he said. They brought the man who used to be blind to the Pharisees. The day that Jesus made the mud and opened his eyes was the mm -hmm, Sabbath. And then the Pharisees asked him again how he received his sight. He put mud on my eyes, he told them. I washed, and I can see. Some of the Pharisees said, This man is not from God, 
because he doesn't keep the Sabbath. But others were saying, How can a sinful man perform such signs? And there was division among them. Again, they asked the blind man, What do you say about him since he opened your eyes? The man said, He's a prophet. The Jews did not believe this about him, that he was blind and received sight, until they summoned the parents of the one who had received his sight. And they asked them, Is this your son, the one who you say was born blind? How then does he see? We know this is our son, and that he was born blind, his parents answered. But we don't know how he sees. We don't know who opened his eyes. Ask him. He's of age. He'll speak for himself. His parents said these things because they were afraid of the Jews. Since the Jews had already agreed that if anyone confessed Jesus as the Messiah, he would be banned from the synagogue. This is why his parents said, he's of age, ask him. So a second time they summoned the man who had been blind and told him, give glory to God. We know that this man is a sinner. He answered, whether or not he's a sinner, I don't know. One thing I do know, I was blind, and now I can see. Then they asked him, What did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? (laughs) I already told you, he said, and you didn't listen. Why do you want to hear it again? You don't want to become his disciples too, do you? (laughs) I'm just leaving that in there. I just couldn't help myself. (laughs) Why do you want to hear it again? You don't want to become his disciples too, do you? They ridiculed him. You're that man's disciple, but we're Moses' disciples. We know that God has spoken to Moses, but this man, we don't know where he comes from. This is an amazing thing, the man told them. You don't know where he's from, and yet he opened my eyes. We know that God doesn't listen to sinners, but if anyone is God-fearing and does his will, he listens to him. Throughout history, no one has ever heard of someone opening the eyes of a person born blind. If this man were not from God, he wouldn't be able to do anything. You were born entirely in sin, they replied, and you're trying to teach us? And then they threw him out. Jesus heard that they had thrown the man out, and when he found him, he asked, Do you believe in the Son of Man? Who is he, sir, that I may believe in him? He asked. Jesus answered, You have seen him. In fact, he is the one speaking with you. I believe, Lord, he said, and he worshipped Jesus. Jesus said, I came into this world for judgment in order that those who do not see will see and that those who do see will become blind. Some of the Pharisees who were with him heard these things and asked him, We aren't blind too, are we? If you were blind, Jesus told them, you wouldn't have sin. But now that you say, we see, your sin remains. And that is John chapter 9. My friends, imagine that. Imagine that if you were caught being a Jesus follower, you'd be banned from the synagogue, like canceled. I mean, imagine the church today canceling you if you uphold biblical truth instead of their culture-capitulated, made-up gospel. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. 
That's happening. So crazy. Of course, Israel's rejection of Jesus isn't a new thing. Now, in Jesus' time or before. And we are now into uh, Jeremiah by a few chapters. And after the introduction of Jeremiah's calling, we hear of Israel's covenantal adultery, right? So yesterday or Saturday, we heard that Israel has been a faithless spouse, right? They can and should repent. And because they haven't, disaster's coming. Today, we hear about Judah's unwillingness to repent and its consequences and that God has rejected his people as a consequence of that. So listen for the charges against them, and it will sound eerily familiar. Jeremiah, picking up in chapter 5. Roam through the streets of Jerusalem. Investigate. Search in her squares. If you find one person, any, who acts justly, who pursues faithfulness, then I will forgive her. When they say, as the Lord lives, they are swearing falsely. Lord, don't your eyes look for faithfulness? You have struck them, but they felt no pain. You finished them off, but they refused to accept discipline. They made their faces harder than a rock, and they refused to return. And then I thought, they are just the poor. They have been foolish, for they don't understand the way of the Lord, the justice of their God. I will go to the powerful and speak to them. Surely they know the way of the Lord, the justice of their God. However, these also had broken the yoke and torn off the chains. Therefore, a lion from the forest will strike them down. A wolf from arid plains will ravage them. A leopard stalks their cities. Anyone who leaves them will be torn to pieces because their rebellious acts are many, their unfaithful deeds numerous. Why should I forgive you? Your children have abandoned me and sworn by those who are not gods. I satisfied their needs, yet they committed adultery. They gashed themselves at the prostitute's house. They are well-fed, eager stallions, each neighing after someone's wife. Should I not punish them for these things? This is the Lord's declaration. Should I not avenge myself on such a nation as this? Go up among her vineyard terraces and destroy them, but do not finish them off. Prune away her shoots, for they do not belong to the Lord. They, the house of Israel and the house of Judah, have dealt very treacherously with me. This is the Lord's declaration. They have contradicted the Lord and insisted, oh, it won't happen. Harm won't come to us. We won't see sword or famine. The prophets become only wind, for the Lord's word is not in them. This will, in fact, happen to them. Next section, coming judgment. Therefore, this is what the Lord God of armies says. Because you have spoken this word, I am going to make my words become fire in your mouth. These people are the wood, and the fire will consume them. I am about to bring a nation from far away against you, house of Israel. This is the Lord's declaration. It is an established nation, an ancient nation, a nation whose language you do not know and whose speech you do not understand. Their quiver is like an open grave. They are all warriors. They will consume your harvest and your food. They will consume your sons and daughters. They will consume your flocks and herds. They will consume your vines and fig trees. 
With the sword they will destroy your fortified cities in which you trust. But even in those days, this is the Lord's declaration, I will not finish you off. When people ask, For what offense has the Lord our God done all these things to us? You will respond to them, Just as you abandoned me and served foreign gods in your land, so you will serve strangers in a land that is not yours. Declare this in the house of Jacob. Proclaim it in Judah, saying, Hear this, you senseless and foolish people. They have eyes, but they don't see. They have ears, but they don't hear. Do you not fear me? This is the Lord's declaration. Do you not tremble before me? the one who set the sand as the boundary of the sea, an enduring barrier that it cannot cross? The waves surge, but they cannot prevail. They roar, but cannot pass over it. But these people have stubborn and rebellious hearts. They have turned aside and have gone away. They have not said to themselves, Let's fear the Lord our God, who gives the seasonal rains both autumn and spring, who guarantees to us the fixed weeks of the harvest. Your guilty acts have diverted these things from you. Your sins have withheld my bounty from you. For wicked men live among my people. They watch like hunters lying in wait. They set a trap. They catch men like a cage full of birds, so their houses are full of deceit. Therefore they have grown powerful and rich. They've become fat and sleek. They also have excelled in evil matters. They have not taken up cases such as the case of the fatherless so they might prosper, and they have not defended the rights of the needy. Should I not punish them for these things? This is the Lord's declaration. Should I not avenge myself on such a nation as this? An appalling, horrible thing has taken place in the land. The prophets prophesy falsely, and the priests rule by their own authority. My people love it like this, But what will you do at the end of it? Next section. Threatened siege of Jerusalem. Run for cover out of Jerusalem, Benjamites. Sound the ram's horn in Tekoa. Raise a smoke signal over Beth Hakarim. For disaster threatens from the north, even a crushing blow. Though she is beautiful and delicate, I will destroy daughter Zion. Shepherds and their flocks will come against her. They will pitch their tents all around her. Each will pasture his own portion. Set them apart for war against her. Rise up. Let's attack at noon. Woe to us, for the day is passing. The evening shadows grow long. Rise up. Let's attack by night. Let's destroy her fortresses. For this is what the Lord of Armies says. Cut down the trees raise a siege ramp against Jerusalem. This city must be punished. There is nothing but oppression within her. As a well gushes out its water, so she pours out her evil. Violence and destruction resound in her. Sickness and wounds keep coming to my attention. Be warned, Jerusalem, or I will turn away from you. I will make you a desolation, a land without inhabitants. Next section, Wrath on Israel. This is what the Lord of Armies says. Glean the remnant of Israel as thoroughly as a vine. Pass your hand once more like a grape gatherer over the branches. 
Who can I speak to and give such a warning that they will listen? Look, their ear is uncircumcised, so they cannot pay attention. See, the word of the Lord has become contemptible to them. They find no pleasure in it. But I, I am full of the Lord's wrath. I'm tired of holding it back. Pour it out on the children in the street, on the gathering of the young men as well. For both husband and wife will be captured, the old with the very old. Their houses will be turned over to others, their fields and wives as well. For I will stretch out my hand against the inhabitants of the land. This is the Lord's declaration. For from the least to the greatest of them, everyone is making profit dishonestly. From prophet to priest, everyone deals falsely. They have treated my people's brokenness superficially, claiming peace, peace, when there is no peace. Were they ashamed when they acted so detestably? They weren't at all ashamed. They can no longer feel humiliation, therefore they will fall among the fallen. When I punish them, they will collapse, says the Lord. Next section, disaster because of disobedience. This is what the Lord says, stand by the roadways and look. Ask about the ancient paths. Ask, which is the way to what is good? And then take it and find rest for yourselves. But they protested, no, we won't. I appointed watchmen over you and said, listen for the sound of the ram's horn. But they protested, we won't listen. Therefore, listen, you nations and you witnesses. Learn what the charge is against them. Listen, earth. I am about to bring disaster on these people, the fruit of their own plotting. For they have paid no attention to my words. They have rejected my instruction. What use to me is frankincense from Sheba or sweet cane from a distant land? Your burnt offerings are not acceptable. Your sacrifices do not please me. Therefore, this is what the Lord says. I am going to place stumbling blocks before these people. Fathers and sons together will stumble over them. Friends and neighbors will also perish. Next section, a cruel nation from the north. This is what the Lord says. Look, an army is coming from a northern land. A great nation will be stirred up from the remote regions of the earth. They grasp bow and javelin. They are cruel and show no mercy. Their voice roars like the sea, and they ride on horses lined up like men in battle formation against you, daughter Zion. We have heard about it, and our hands have become weak. Distress has seized us, pain seized us like a woman in labor. Don't go out into the fields. Don't walk on the road, for the enemy has a sword. Terror is on every side. My dear people, dress yourselves in sackcloth and roll in the dust. Mourn as you would for an only son, a bitter lament, for suddenly the destroyer will come on us. Final little section. Jeremiah appointed as an examiner. I have appointed you to be an assayer among my people, a refiner, so you may know and assay their way of life. All are stubborn rebels spreading slander. They are bronze and iron, all of them corrupt. The bellows blow, 
blasting the lead with fire, the refining is completely in vain. The evil ones are not separated out. They are called rejected silver, for the Lord has rejected them. My friends, the call of the prophet is a lonely call. Useful to remember. If you are speaking, if you are truth-telling in a hostile environment, remember the line that we read. They have treated my people's brokenness superficially, claiming peace, peace, when there is no peace. And you might wonder if God is testing you. And he could be. Remember, while the competing voices are confusing, heaven and hell hang in the balance. And sadly, we here in the West are still killing our children and stopping up our ears going, yeah, no, we don't hear. And God doesn't see. I love you, my friends. Amen. Amen.